Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am your host, Justin Matcham. Back in here with me today, Dan Galinsky and Amadou So from King James Gospel. Guys, it is a, a great day. It's the day after the draft. Isaac Okoro is a Cleveland Cavalier. How are you both feeling? I'm feeling great. Uh, I love the pick. I'm, I'm excited for what he can bring to the Cavaliers. Ditto. <laughs> well, we're here. We've been lobbying for it for a long time. Um, it seemed like at the end there, it was between Obi and Denny Avdia. The Cavaliers did not draft Obi Toppin. We, we made it through. Um, it seems like, you know, right there before... Uh, like the, the pick kind of as the draft was starting, both Fedor and uh, Sam Amico on Twitter kind of seemed to be suggesting that o- Okoro was going to be the pick. It seemed like maybe they had heard something from the inside the Cavs. So it kind of seemed like once the draft had started, it was leaning towards Okoro. Um, things had kind of picked up there. Overall, Dan, just how you feeling? I mean, we've talked about Okoro a lot on here, but um, how, how does the future look now that Okoro is officially a Cavalier? I think he's a guy that can really, um, I think we'll see things, uh, I guess, tie together some. Um, I, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I just like the way he approaches the game. Um, when, I don't know, him saying the, basically like Fedor and um, other people have said, like him saying he's a winning player, I guess, in quotes. Um, it's, it's not like, it's not fake. Um, he's a, he's a worker. He's, he's a grinder. He's, he's a guy that, um, I I think will kind of not be afraid to do the dirty work. And I don't say that as a slight at all. Um, it's just a guy that I think the way he plays, um, game to game, uh, we'll see this team kind of tie it together and, um, he, he's a guy that is is a player that's kind of part of your foundation to me. Absolutely in agreement with you there. Um, before the draft, all three of us were on here recording. I think me and Dan both went with Obi Toppin as who we thought the Cavs would pick. Amadou, you were there. You mm-hmm. you were lobbying for Okoro. How are you feeling now that he's on the Cavs? I'm feeling great. I'm, I'm super excited for Okoro on the Cavs. Like Dan said, I feel like he's going to bring an identity to this team. Just a gritty guy, a gritty player. Um, but part of me wanted to say, I feel like this Obi Topin or Topin, excuse me, news was kind of the Cavs trying to smoke screen, essentially trying to 
get the Knicks to trade up because as we as we found out, the Knicks were really, really high on Obi, and that's obviously the player they ended up taking. Um, I, I feel like it was a trade that was going to go down, and then the Cavs were like they wanted more. Um, so maybe a, a little bit too much greedy right there, but all in all, they got their player. I can't really complain, but you know he's going to fit right in with those guys. Of course, he has that connection to Colin Sexton, and I'm just excited for what he's going to bring to the team. You make a good point there. Um, the Knicks had traded up to that t- 23 spot. Um, there were a lot of talk that maybe they were going to use that pick and package it with number eight to trade up, likely for the Cavs' number five pick and select Obi Toppin. Obviously, the Cavaliers, it doesn't seem like we're ever going to draft him. They had both Obi Toppin and Denny, like I said, in their lap, the two guys that you know it was reported that they were between, and they didn't take either of them. They went with the right guy. I, I believe the right guy. Oh, it's just, it's a good feeling. It's a relief. You know, I, I really was not looking forward to discussing until, you know, the season started how Obi Toppin is going to fit in with this team. You know, I think overall this team just looks so much better now. I think they're in a much better position. You know, you have what, you know, was last year considered a weak spot on this team. Now a really strong wing rotation, I think, as far as, you know, at least guys heading into your future with KPJ and Isaac Okoro and Dylan Windler and Osman and Larry Nance even some guy like McKinney is in there so the Cavaliers do really have a well-rounded wing rotation now um I know this is something that we've talked about in the past a little bit as well but Amadou how do you feeling about Okoro how long do you think it is until he starts for this team do you think that he could come in and start day one or do you think that Jetty is, as of right now, still the day one starter. How do you feel about the possibility of Okoro as a day one starter on this team? Um, I, I don't – I'd be fine with it, but I don't think the Cavs, um, just given how the offseason has been um, in the kind of quick ramp-up period here, I wouldn't expect him to, to be an opening night starter. No, but um, I, I think pretty early on into the season – um, I, I honestly think like 15 games in, uh, to me, he very well could could take over that spot. Yeah, with the, you know, just looking at the Cavaliers are with for all teams, um, all players must report to their home markets by um, no- November 30th to begin testing. So we're getting going right away here. So there's really no time to waste. Um, obviously, we'll get free agency and then we'll get right into training camp. So. Amadou, what are your thoughts here on um, the possibility of Okoro starting the season as a starting small forward? And if he is not, how long do you think it is until he takes that spot? Yeah, I don't know what just happened. My mind kind of cut out right there. But, You're good. Um, I just don't really see it personally. Like Dan said, I mean, you have a short offseason for Okoro. It's going to take him a little bit of time to get adjusted to the team for the NBA. So I feel like uh, Jetty will be that day one starter. Um, now, when he could be, we see him as a starter, I mean... Honestly, he might, you know, come off the bench for the entire season just because this is an awkward season. It's not the same. They don't have the summer league. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's a preseason either, correct? There's going to uh, be a, a – there's ahead, going Jess. to be some. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. But, yeah, even though still he doesn't have the, what, the three months that, you know, people usually have to – or I think it's four months actually that people usually have to to get accustomed to their teams and stuff. So I, I don't really think he'll start at all unless, you know, of course, an injury happens, you know, God forbid, of course. I just don't see it, really. Obviously, you know, Dan, we don't see him as day, a day one. Do you think that there's any point in the season where he is the starter on this team? I think at some point you, you just have to, you know, I mean, 
I, I think Jetty will be fine. You know, he'll be whatever. But I think there's a, some a point. It'll come to a point where they just kind of have to, you know, just go towards development. And even if it's not necessarily, you know, the perfect guy there, I think at some point he's going to get some run in the starting lineup. How are you feeling that on that? Uh, you're just saying like in general. Yeah, I think like just even for just just for development's sake, like they're going to throw him in the starting lineup at some point. I'd have to say. Yeah, I, I think honestly about. Uh, I I could frankly see you within about the first six weeks of the year, uh, maybe fifteen to like eighteen games in, um, or maybe not six weeks, maybe like a month, a little over that, maybe fifteen sixteen games, depending on how it shakes out. Um, I, I think that's about what I'm looking at. Uh, I would think by the quarter pole of the year, basically on the seventy two game season, I, I think that's when they they'll put him in there. Um, just, I, I just think he'll be, he won't be the shooter of Jetty. I, I'm not like at least catch and shoot wise. Um, but I just think from an all around standpoint, I think he's, it, it'll just show pretty early on that he brings more. I'm in agreement with you there. I, it's just, it is kind of weird that, you know, the draft just happened and usually at this time, you know, we're just waiting until summer league comes around. Right. We, we're not waiting for that. We're, we're right you know, at the on the cusp of the season starting, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him play. Um, seriously, just cannot wait. I think that they nailed that pick. Obviously, we've all been on here saying that for the longest time. Um, I'm going to just a little bit of talk about the general draft. Was there anything in particular that surprised you? Anything that really stood out from draft night? Just in general, not not just Cavs. Well, two things. One one of them is Cav related. Man, Patrick Williams at four is an interesting pick for the Bulls. I was kind of surprised to see that. I thought they'd maybe go for a Killian Hayes or a Dini Abdia. But, I mean, they got their guy. That's who they wanted, you know. Can't hit on that, of course. Uh, second thing, though, that kind of surprised me. Surprised the Cavs didn't make an attempt to trade back into the draft after selecting Coro. I would have liked them to maybe, you know, go and get a late first and take maybe a Jaden McDaniels. I believe he fell to, what, 28th or something? I would like them to do that or maybe even a, an early second. But they didn't do that. Um, they do have the assets, I'm pretty sure, to do that. They had those two seconds they acquired in that Dante Exum trade. Um, but yeah, besides those two, nothing else really out of the ordinary from this draft. Well, I think there were reports from Fedor during that time that they were looking to, but obviously, like you said, didn't get a deal done. Um, I'm with you on the Patrick Williams rise. I thought that, you know, maybe it, it seemed like, obviously, he's been like the biggest riser and obviously was the biggest riser throughout that draft period. Um, it seemed like maybe the, the Pistons were going to be the team that took him at seven, and that seemed like a little bit of a reach. How do you, Dan? What is your opinion on the Patrick Williams take at number four? Well, I, I think for the Bulls, they're a team that last season. Um, I, I understand Jim Boylan was clearly a player. There was some huge disconnect there. It was it was a disaster. Um, offensive coaching wise, he was just it was not good. Um, but I just think with them, they're, they have talent there. I, I, I didn't really understand the rumor slash report. I think it was from Kevin O'Connor that they were going to send, um, Wendell Carter Jr. in the fourth to get the two. I, honestly, I thought, I, I think Wendell Carter, honestly, I, I like his game a lot. I think if he can stay healthy, he's, he's a really good big, um, long-term. I think he'll be, I don't know, he's not going to be an all-star, but a really solid player, but, I just think with them, it, I, I'm a fan of it for them, actually. Um, I, 
if say like Lamelo were there and they took him, I couldn't blame him for doing that. Um, but I, I think they have a lot of pieces there. I think it's a guy that it's a good situation for him to kind of come along slowly. Um, I believe he was maybe the youngest pr- prospect in the draft um, to begin with, but they have a lot of talent there. Um, I, I think they'll be able to tie it together. I think Billy Donovan's a good coach um, for young guys. He's kind of a good kind of mending of the fences between development and um, kind of consolidation if you want to go that route down, uh, down the road. But I think playing behind Otto Porter, I would imagine, for a good bit, um, kind of in that hybrid 3-4 role uh, as well. Um, I, I think it's a really good landing spot for him personally. I, I don't know if I love it overall, but I think for for that situation, it's it's not like he's going to hear Detroit where it's, it's like a complete – he's got to be a key player, I think, where um, him, I think it's a really good landing spot actually. I, I, I thought it was a pretty solid pick. Was it a reach somewhat, but – um, I, I think for their situation, I think they can kind of have more. And honestly, he's he's a guy that can really help you as a playmaker, I think, especially if he's at the four. One other one that kind of took me by surprise was Halliburton dropping as far as he did. Obviously, you know, somebody's going to have to fall. You, you know, not everyone can go high. And especially if you're going to take a guy like Patrick Williams that high, somebody has to slip. But it seemed like it, it there were serious considerations of Halliburton at number four to the Bulls. So, I'm going to were you seeing the Halliburton slip coming or do you think that, I was that was just going to say for, for him? for just one more quick one uh RJ Hampton to 24 was a big shot. RJ Hampton was another big one, yeah. Um it didn't but, didn't look like he was too happy to be drafted as low as he was when they went to him on camera. I yeah, he's, kind of he saved face with the tears later on, so. Yeah, well he had tears going on early on like as the, yeah, it, like the coverage of the draft was starting, he was tearing up then. So yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, but go ahead, Ami. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, on Halliburton falling, that surprised me as well too. But that just completely to the line. Um, just a point guard who can kind of do everything. He can defend, facilitate. He can play off ball and on ball and defend. Um, but for the Kings, that's a big steal for them. I mean, I'm just thinking about the duo of Halliburton and Fox. Maybe they're thinking that Fox does not want to be back, but I really like that pairing because I feel like they play well off each other. Um, it's something that I kind of touched on in my when I com- talked about Sexton and Halliburton as a potential duo. Fox is a guy who's on ball. You have Halliburton off ball. You know, both can facilitate. Both can defend. I really like that duo. Uh, but yeah, I was man twelve. That that that, that shocked me too. Yeah, it, it was definitely a wide net for him. How do you feel about Idea slipping as far as he did? See, that one didn't surprise me too much. Um, I felt like he, he'd slip when I saw he didn't go to the Bulls. Um, you know, it was potential that, of course, he could go to the Cavs too. But, I mean, I feel like the, the Wizards are a good fit for him as well. You know, you can never have too many wings. They have him. They have uh, Rui Hachimura and Trudon Jr. There also is uh, Davis Bertans are set to resign. Um. It's it's a nice youth movement, I guess. Um, but uh, I don't know. I feel I feel like that's that was a good pick by the Wizards too. I will say one more pick that I think was, or one more prospect that I thought got selected lower than he should have been was Desmond Bain, who got picked up by the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies always seem to get these guys. I mean, last year it was Brandon Clark. You know, this year it's Desmond Bain picking him thirtieth overall. I I expected him to go early twenties. I think. He is going to be someone who can play right away. 
for the Grizzlies. Did that catch either of you off guard? That was something that I thought, like I said, I thought he could have gone like 20th to the Heat. And obviously I think the Heat made the right choice in Precious Achua. I think he's going to be a great fit there. But um, were there any, was it him or anybody else in that kind of mid to late 20s? We already talked about RJ Hampton a little bit that either of you think slipped a little bit further than they should have. Maybe Tyrese Maxey falling to the to the Sixers. But, um, That's another one, yeah. yeah. I thought the I will say I liked the Neesmith pick for the Celtics. Yeah. Like that is who I probably would have taken there. A lot of people were upset with that. I think he very well might be the best shooter in the draft, and that's just something that they need, especially with Gordon Hayward out of the way now, as he has opted out of his player option. So I I was a fan of that pick. How do you feel about any all of this? Any final thoughts before we move on to something else from either of you, Dan? Uh, well, I, honestly, I thought two things. Um, I, I'm a big fan. I mean, a lot of people seem like they're probably like don't probably who the hell is this? Um, I'm a big fan of Nate Hinton. Nate Hinton. I, I thought he should have been drafted. Um, just a really really good defender. Um, I, I think he's kind of like a. Uh, I think like the floor for him is kind of a David Nawaba type, just a really um, multi-positional defender, um, really smart player. I, I think honestly, I, I could have seen the Cavs maybe even trying to look to purchase a pick for him. Or honestly, I thought that might be a guy that uh, they would look at for like a two-way. Um, I like him a lot, but I mean, it's not completely shocked that it, that he didn't get drafted. But another one to me, I, I thought Isaiah Joe, just with the shooter he is, um, slipping to 49 was kind of low to me. Yeah, I agree with you on that one too. I thought he was someone who would go earlier in the second. Uh, he was Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Philadelphia came away from draft night really, really well positioned for the future, obviously. They traded Horford, so you can take the um, the – Kevin Love for Al Horford trade off of your off your potential Kevin Love trade list. So that's down to about zero now as far as potential trades that you have for Kevin Love available right now. But um, any anything final from either of you before we move on? Um, oh, uh, Jalen Smith to the Suns is an interesting one. That one kind of mm-hmm. interests me too. Number 10. Yeah, I don't love that pick. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess if I they – if, if they don't think they're going to bring back Aaron Baines and they decline their team option today on Frank Kaminsky. So I, I guess, you know, I guess I'm fine with it, but I, I definitely thought he was going to go. I didn't even know if he was going to go top 20, let alone 10th. But again, he's not somebody who I ever really looked at that deep as far as, you know, researching prospects and watching him play. So I could be completely wrong about that one, but that was something that threw me off a little bit too. I expected them to maybe go the Vassell route, but yeah, I, I really liked uh, another one that stood out to me was I think the Pacers really got a steal. Um, Cassius Stanley uh, didn't have a, a huge amount of opportunities at Duke, but I, I think he's. Um, I think Gilbert Arenas on like one of his recent podcasts basically just said that um, Stanley's an NBA player, and I, I think he's going to be a really hell of a find for them. Um, I, I think he's kind of a guy that can kind of be like a go-to second unit scorer for them. I think he'll be a real spark, spark plug. Yeah, it seemed like there were a lot of guys that fell in that second round a lot further than some might have expected. Obviously, Nico Mannion had a wide net of where he could have gone. He went pretty late to Golden State. Um, who was the other one? Grant Riller. Um, I think he was always destined to go in the second round, but I, I have seen big borns that have him as like a late lottery guy. 
So, you know, for him to fall to the, like the mid fifties, if I remember correctly, seemed to be a little bit surprising as well. Um, obviously, like we said earlier, the Cavaliers after picking at number five did not make any noise in the draft. There was some talk that maybe they were trying to get back in there, but they did end up making a move by the end of the night. Oopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. We also have other team-focused NBA podcasts, including Knuck a Few Buck, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Hashtag Lakers, and Blazing the Path. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network too, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. They think that they were the first to sign a player, an undrafted player, to a contract. They signed undrafted free agent Lamar Stevens to a two-way contract, a 23-year-old small forward, 6'8", out of Penn State. Like I said, they signed him to a two-way contract. Um, very, very quickly came to an agreement with the Cavaliers. Someone who averaged double figures all four years that he played at Penn State. Um, overall, very just kind of a versatile guy. Uh, at 6'8", has a very strong handle and a good finisher around the rim. He's a good rebounder, too. Somebody who knows how to box out. The big knock on him is um, the shooting. He shot 26% from his from three in his final season at Penn state. And that was something that was never good at his career. The other knock I've seen on him is that he kind of plateaued as far as his production. He didn't make too many strides from his freshman to senior year, but somebody who was rock solid all throughout. Um, I don't know how much you guys have looked into Lamar Stevens at all, but do you have any thoughts about the signings? Um, like you said, I like that he brings versatility. He's six, eight. My only thing is his shooting also, but he is kind of, he's what? two twenty six. So I definitely like to see him add some muscle or just add some weight. But overall, I like them taking a flyer on a guy. So I can't complain. Yeah, I think this is, you know, obviously this is somebody who they wanted. They came right out and took him. Um, Also, one thing I want to add with him real quick. The Cavaliers will now be paying two authors of children's books next season. Obviously, Lamar Stevens is now under the Cavs payroll. He is the author of Lamar's Climb, A Journey to Happy Valley, which is a kid's book. And the Cavaliers will still be paying J.R. Smith next season, who is the author of Hoopsmiths, another kid's book. So, um, Dan, what are your thoughts on having all these authors here in Cleveland? Uh, well, I guess we're going to have some interesting uh, sound bites and interviews, maybe. Um, got a, <laughs> a wordsmith in there. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I, I like the signing. The problem is with him. I, I don't think he's a guy that at least against NBA bigs, um, just the lack of shooting, not really a pull up threat. Um, I, I, I like how he plays through contact. I like how he's physical. Um, problem is with him. He's, he's pretty much going to be a four, I would imagine. Um, just, but what he does do well, he, he gets, takes advantage of guys when, um, he can get seals, uh, finishes at the rim, um, kind of a just kind of like a bully ball type guy, um, which is fine. Uh, the issue is, can he guard out in space if needed? Um, I think 
that needs to be, uh, that's kind of the dilemma with him. Um, just, I think that's kind of a glaring issue. Um, but was productive at Penn State, uh, and it's not like he was ever playing with uh, the most highly recruited guys playing at Penn State. And last year they would have been a tournament team. So um, I, to, he, his production speaks for itself and, and plays physical. So I, I understand the signing. Obviously, he's uh, assuming that we have a G League season. I don't think that's been yeah. finalized yet. But he's someone who's going to spend. Obviously, you know he'll he'll have his time on the NBA roster. But we're going to see a lot more from him in the G League this year than we are. Yeah, I don't know in if the NBA. I don't know if he'd really play any meaningful minutes with the Cavs. No. But to me, I think he was durable. I I'm pretty sure at Penn State, um, he's just got a sturdy frame. I think. He'd be more of a guy that I could see actually getting minutes more so than Dean Wade, frankly. It's just my opinion. I mean, I guess if you're looking at... I think he has more defensive potential than Dean Wade, without a doubt. And I think um, that's I think that's I think, honestly the reason. Yeah, that's where you make the case for him over Wade. I think Wade is overall more well-rounded and obviously has a lot more on offense. I think just having a full roster spot, too, we'll see more Dean Wade than we will Lamar Stevens this year. Yeah. But um, like I said, obviously he was the first signing after the draft of all the or all the undrafted free agent guys. Um, Nate or uh, Dan, I know you mentioned Nate Hinton as a guy. Um, both of you, is there anybody else that you would have rather seen the Cavs take a flyer on? Um, after the draft, uh, Killian Tilly was obviously a popular one. Um, he went to the Grizzlies on a two way. Is there anybody else out there that you guys would have liked to see the Cavs sign? Um. Personally, I would like to see the Cavs maybe had signed Miles Powell. Obviously, we know he signed with the Knicks. Um, just a guy who's a great shot creator. Um, played well at Seton Hall. The conference with tough defense. I uh, felt like he probably could have made his way onto the roster as a backup and played well. Uh, but besides him or Killian, nobody really know. Was there anyone else on your list, Dan? Uh, it's it's hard to see him having really a viable NBA future, but I, I like I, I still like Marcus Howard's potential um, as is kind of a primary shot creator. Um, really, honestly, I think can really make shots off movement as well. So uh, I, I think in theory he could, but uh, I, I believe he went to the Nuggets. So frankly, that's more he could be more viable there. Um, just how they have bigs around him to kind of mask. Uh, the the lack of size. Yeah. Well, overall, like I said, we got our two guys, um, Isaac Okoro and Lamar Stevens. Welcome to Cleveland. Um, I'm happy to see both of them here, especially Okoro. But like I said, I think that Lamar is is a good signing. He's still only 23 years old. So, again, not someone we're going to see a bunch of right away, but I am excited to see what he can bring. Um, We're going to shift it over to a little bit of more free agency talk. Obviously, free agency is just about to open up here. Um, looking at what the Cavaliers have right now, they have two open roster spots. Obviously, McKinney, Dean Wade, and Jordan Bell are all on non-guaranteed contracts, so they could waive any of them and open up more roster spots if need be. But like I was noting earlier, the Cavaliers now have a wing rotation of Kevin Porter Jr., Dylan Windler, Jetty Osman, Isaac Okoro, Larry Nance, and Alfonso McKinney. So that's a lot of guys who can play that small forward position. I think that kind of takes guys like Pat Connaughton or Michael K. Gilchrist or really even Josh Jackson out of the running for this team. I think the two biggest holes on this team now as far as you know what they're going to try and do to fill it out in free agency 
are that backup center spot. Obviously, we don't know what Tristan is going to do. The Cavaliers have Drummond, is, Drummond and Bell as the two real centers on the roster. And the probably another backup guard, most likely point guard, the Cavaliers have Garland, Exum, and KPJ and Sexton to play those minutes. But I think they could use one more true point guard. And again, that could go to Delhi as well. We obviously haven't heard any updates on Delhi recently. Um, I'm sure if the Cavaliers wanted to bring him back, he wouldn't cost more than the minimum contract. What direction do you think this team should should go when free agency starts? Obviously, they're not going to be big players anymore, but do you expect them to use their full mid-level on either of those guys? Or not either of those guys, but either of those positions? Amadou, we can start with you. Uh, so you were talking about wing position and bigs? Or just any position. Just any like, position. Uh, like w- what direction do you think the Cavs are going to go in free agency now? Um, <clears throat> I don't I don't really see them using all of their mid-level exception. Um, of course, we're not trusting his decision and such. I would love to see him get a guard that can actually, you know, shoot the ball. I love Delhi, you know, but I feel like off the bench, if you're going to have Delhi, you know, get meaningful minutes with KPJ and Okoro, who will probably start off the bench too. I, I don't really like the spacing there. I feel like you're going to need a, a guard who can facilitate as well as shoot the ball. Now, as far as players, you know, crazy who can do that, I feel like they'll go for a pretty penny. So I don't know if you could really find one. Uh, a guy I talked about kind of with DJ Augustine, but again, you're probably going to need to pay him a lot more to get it to prime away from Orlando. That's exactly why I was talking about. I would like to see him had bringing a guy like a Miles Powell because I feel like he probably could have filled that role. And while you still give, you know, Delhi his minutes, Miles could have, you know, gotten minutes here and there in the G League and such, you know, back and forth a two-way player. But yeah, I'd like to see him get a, a guard who can shoot the ball and just a guy, if need be, to replace Tristan. Now, um, some examples we've seen, uh, the Knicks just waved Todd Gibson earlier today. He could be a nice guy on, on a, on a short term, one year cheap deal as a backup. But, um, yeah, those are the two positions that I really want the Cavs to look at. Taj Gibson is an interesting one, obviously. If we're just looking at, you know, cheap minimum guys mm-hmm. who are fairly young that the Cavs, fairly young that the Cavs might want to take a flyer on. Um, like I said, obviously the Suns, Turned down Frank Kaminsky's yeah. team uh-huh. option. Um, the Pistons did not did not offer the qualifying offer to Thon Maker, so that's a free agent center who's now unrestricted on the market. Dan, which direction do you think the Cavaliers should go in free agency with these final two spots? Um, I, I'm a big fan of New Orleans. Uh, I'd like to see Noel be a guy they really strongly look at. Um, I, I don't. I think they could maybe offer him something like two years for six million a year. I think that'd be, be something you'd at least consider. Um, I think that's feasible for, I mean, just kind of the market for reserve centers. That seems fair. Um, that's that's one, I, to me, like reserve five is, is really the key for them. And I, I, I'd be okay with them kind of looking at a backup, uh, that third point guard type. But honestly, I, I think they can kind of patch the playmaking together with a guy like Porter. And um, I, I think Okoro, honestly, can really help them from a playmaking standpoint. Um, he didn't get a whole lot of opportunities at Auburn, but um, when he was in the pick and roll as a playmaker, um, was was efficient in, in uh, creating open shots in the perimeter for guys. So um, I, I just think the Cavs between Porter, Windler, also a, a a good passer, really, especially to bigs, can find those passes over the top. I think they can kind of patch um, things together with those three guys um, in kind of that reserve unit. 
I'm going to agree with you there. Um, with that being said, though, I still... Th- at this point, I expect them to bring back Della Vadova. Um, I do, too. Like, I, I just feel like... Th- he does just kind of fit in with his team, obviously just being a vet who has been around Cleveland for a long time. And again, looking at, you know, the rotation, like the rotation is pretty set. Looking at, you have obviously Garland, Sexton, Osmond, Love, Drummond. Off the bench, you're going to give minutes to KPJ, Windler, Okoro, and Nance for sure. And then you maybe, you know, you have spot minutes to Exum. Uh, you're probably going to sign a backup center, so you give him minutes. I think that Delvadova is, like I said, a guy who you can get on the minimum deal who can just be a reliable third option at the point guard position. Obviously, again, you know, bring a little bit of playmaking, not going to bring a ton of shooting, which is a weakness for the Cavs' backup guards. But overall, I think you can you can live with that for next season. Um, and then that does give you more money to spend at the center position. Nerlens Noel is somebody that we've talked about in the past. I would be all on board with that, I think. As a backup center, you know, he obviously is everything you want there. And he's someone who would be capable of starting, too, if Drummond does get traded at the deadline and you get, and you don't get a center back there. Um, one guy that we haven't, I don't think, talked to, that we haven't talked about in the past is Thonmaker. Um, I'm just interested to get your guys' opinions on him. Just someone else who, you know, again, on a team that doesn't have a ton of open minutes available is someone who could just kind of slide in as that kind of backup center and, you know, Nance and Love and maybe Bell can kind of soak up some of those minutes too and you can just kind of have backup center by committee. But, uh, Amadou, we'll start with you on this one. How do you feel about Thonmaker? Um, I, I, I like the sign of a Thonmaker. You know, he's a run protector and he's shown ability to step out and hit that three-point shot. Um, maybe there's still something there with him. I, I'd love to see the Cavs honestly take a flower on him for cheap. I feel like that'd be a great sign. He's still, what, 22, I think, 23, something like that. So he kind of still fits that time, timeline, excuse me, as well. Yeah, I, I'd be on board with Thon Maker. Yeah, he is 23 years old. Um, Dan, how are you feeling about Thon? Yeah, I, I mean, Amadou loves his kind of stretch fives that can kind of, that can protect the rim. Um, it, that's understandable. Um, I, I just, I think for, uh, yeah, I mean, for a guy 23, um, has shown some stretch big ability, uh, for a guy that's, that would play spot minutes, I, I wouldn't blame him for doing that. But um, to me, it's for like a backup five, just factoring in that they seem likely to move Drummond at some point. I, I I'd frankly kind of rather them have somebody that's more sturdy. Um, and, and I think not that Nerlens is really sturdy, but he's a real viable rim protector and, and can at least hold up more on the interior um, play is a guy that is not, I wouldn't say switchable onto guards, but can at least hold up. I think better than a lot of uh, fives can. And I just think offensively he, he plays with power more, even though he's not really thick. Um, I, honestly, for that role, I, I'm more of a fan of kind of really putting money into a guy that, I think if you're getting at five, six mil a year, maybe even seven, um, I think he's a guy that really factors into winning more than Thon Maker. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you there as far as New Orleans. Um, I think he would be my number one target as far as just that backup center. And this is all assuming that Tristan is gone. If Tristan, if you can come to a reasonable deal agreement with Tristan, I still think that's the route that this team will go. But New Orleans is definitely a guy that I would like to have. 
But Thonmaker is someone, like I said, that I just think... He brings intrigue. He, he brings intrigue. He he hasn't... He, he's been a disappointment, I think you can say, in, you know, this, this far in his career. He had a moment there with the Bucks in the playoffs, but after that, you know, just kind of really quieted down. Never really found a... a a real role with the Pistons never found a way to really contribute to that team, but I don't know. He's still young. And like you said, someone who can shoot and in theory also protect the rim. That that's something that, you know, is like, like you said, I think the perfect word is intrigue. Um, and that is a route that I don't think would be the worst for the Cavs to go again, just to take a flyer on a guy, another guy who wouldn't be expensive. Um, but overall, I, I think, a guy like that, like Harry Giles is someone else who we've brought up in the past. Somebody that's that's fairly young who can, you know, maybe be a, a at least a, a competent starter moving forward if you move Drummond. I think guys like that are and, and obviously you can find a long term answer long term answer later on, but this is kind of a stopgap guy who can maybe fill the role as the full time guy. Those are all names that I really like. Um looking at just this team in general I don't know. I'm just, I'm so relieved with the draft being over now and the Cavaliers not having Obi Toppin on the team. I guess just to kind of close it out, how are you guys feeling about the future for this team with Isaac Okoro? You know, looking at, you know, how this next season is going to play out, you know, what the Cavaliers can add in the draft, in the 2021 draft next year. How are you guys feeling about the the long-term future of this team? I'm feeling great. I always felt like if the Cavs wanted to add a big, they could potentially do that next season, you know, because it makes more sense. Kevin Love's contract, you know, be, of course, less years, and it could be one that can trade it next year, of course, everybody. All the teams that we see now, they're saving their money for that 2021 free agency. So after that free agency is when we could potentially see a Kevin Love deal, you know, come into place. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited for the future. It feels like they're definitely, you know, forming an identity, forming a culture here in Cleveland. I'm just, I'm just ready to see it all unfold. Dan, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, uh, I ditto to that as well. Um, I just think if they're able to, I think the next draft is, is when they, to me, finally um, have a real shot at getting their like long-term franchise centerpiece. Um, if they were to be able to do that, I think they're, that could really vault him forward. But um, yeah, it's Okoro's just a guy that I think will, will just, it, his style allows a team to just be long-term game to game, more competent, just, uh, just a unique all around um, ability. And, and I, I really do think that he's, he's going to be a very, very, very capable playmaker at the next level that um, he'll be able to, it'll be more of a wide open league for him. I think he'll end up being a really a lot better pro than college player. Not that he was bad, but um, just a guy that really will fly, thrive in the open floor. Looking at next year's draft, obviously, you know, Cade Cunningham is the name that you hear most often. I know Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga are a couple other guys where, you know, when you talk about those potential, you know, franchise cornerstone, you know, centerpiece really guys, is there anybody else that you see as a potential centerpiece in next year's draft? Obviously, it's still so early to know, but. Well, I mean, I, one of our contributors, Corey Casey, is, is big on um, Brandon Boston. 
uh, Jr. And I, I like Jalen Johnson a lot. Um, big fan of his. Um, I, I think Zaire Williams is another one that comes to mind. And um, honestly, Scotty Barnes kind of has his naysayers, I, I would say. But he's a guy that really could be like a primary almost playmaker for you. Um, I believe he's 6'9", like in that 230 range. Um, I, I just think he's – if like the shot is a question mark for him, but that's a guy I think the Cavs feasibly um, could get depending on their pick. But I, I think they'll make strides this year. Um, there's just a lot of guys. Um, Keon Johnson's another one. Um, just a lot of kind of wing slash kind of point forward type guys that – um, frankly, in this draft, we didn't haven't really we didn't really see a whole lot of that can really um, create for themselves off the bounce consistently and others. Um, I just think there's a lot of intriguing guys with size in the next draft. Well, I'm sure that we will talk about all of those guys, you know, <laughs> moving forward here as the, as this next season progresses and as we get in the next off season. You know, obviously, all of these guys will be covered in depth here. Um, that's all down the road. Any final thoughts from either of you before we get out of here? Coro's a Cavalier. Coro's a Cavalier. It's good to say. Yeah, we'll have to, uh, that, I'm not really a Jersey guy anymore, but that's, that's one I'll strongly consider getting. Will you be getting it in the city of Jason Jersey or one of the regular ones? I'm going to have to see what they look like. I mean, I've, I've heard the stuff about them, but I'm going to have to see it. Till I do it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Definitely someone I've, I will be considering, too. If I am to buy a jersey, it will be an Okoro one this year. It will not be anybody else. Um, with that, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Amadou, as always, for hopping on me, with me here. Always a pleasure to have you both on. Um, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. If you enjoyed, subscribe. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. Do all that good stuff. And um, we will see you next time. Bye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.